Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. Hey everybody, this is episode two. I had Eliza Strzok on to talk about everything having to do with veganism. We talk about the whys around veganism, nutrition, accessibility, judgments, and impacts on the environment, as well as animal rights, and a bit more. I love talking to Eliza, and I can't wait for you all to hear the knowledge bombs that she drops in this episode. Before we dive in, I want to ask that if you love this episode and can't wait to listen to the rest of the show, please do me a favor and leave a review, or you can take a screenshot of the show, post in your Instagram story so I can reshare and give you a big thank you, or just send me a message letting me know what you think of the show. I would love, love, love to hear from you. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of a few sponsors, the first of which being, okay, it's me. (laughs) If you're like me and you love personal development, I know you'll love my newest resource, The Growth Guide. The Growth Guide is a 12-day program that uses guided meditation, journaling prompts, reading exercises, and growth exercises on a specific topic each day that will leave you feeling inspired, rejuvenated, grounded, and ready to take on the world with compassion and love. Here's a review of the growth guide from Hannah. My anxiety and my negative self-talk had begun to spiral out of control before I started looking for methods to help me heal and grow. After experimenting with meditation and journaling, I dove headfirst into Melissa's growth guide. Within the first few days, I noticed a change in how I felt about myself and the way in which I spoke to myself and a change in the way I viewed the future and my anxieties. Melissa's meditations are beautiful, positive, uplifting, and the messages and prompts that come from the guide reinforce her teachings. My sense of self-confidence and my hope for the future is returning, and I'm growing into the person I know I can be. You guys, I am so excited for this guide. This guide was put together using the tools that I have learned over the past 10 years in my own healing and growth journey, and I'm so thankful for you all listening in that I wanted to give you a deal. Use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your order of anything in my store. I have the link down below as well as that code listed in the show notes. Hey everyone, so today we have Eliza Strzok, who goes by Shakti Fresh on Instagram. She is a longtime vegan and plant-based personal chef and also a virtual consultant when, with everything having to do with plant-based cooking. She has a nutrition certification from Cornell University Online. She's originally from Boston, but is currently living in Melbourne, Australia. So I... Eliza and I met each other through Instagram. I started noticing her popping up in my comment section, and I was like, who is this Shakti Fresh? So I started going and looking at her page, and I had to follow her because she creates these beautiful vegan meals, and she is my biggest food inspiration on Instagram because her food, like... The way she describes it and the way it looks, I'm just like always drooling every time I see any of her food. It looks so good. And I had to have her on because she knows about nutrition and all of that. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people have concerns about when they are interested in changing to a vegan diet. So I'm so excited to talk to her about everything having to do with nutrition and also just like reasons behind veganism all of that she's been vegan for a really long time and we will dive into all of that so hey Eliza I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on this show this is also like my first interview that I've done so we just had a lot of fun getting <laughs> getting it all <laughs> together but 
we did it and here we are and I just wanted to give you a big thank you so much oh thank you for having me on yay okay so we'll just dive right into the questions um well first of all so you're in Australia right now and I'm I'm in the United States, so yep. this is kind of fun because, like, it's nighttime here, but it's morning for you. Yep. Monday morning, and it's Sunday yep. here, so that's really interesting, but cool. Okay, so my first question, tell us, like, your whole vegan story. Every vegan has their, like, vegan story, so what is your vegan story? Yeah. Um, so I originally went vegetarian first um, around eight years ago. I was 20 and living off campus at, um, at my school in Massachusetts. And I always loved food, but never really cooked much living at home. And then I was on the meal plan. And all of a sudden, I was like, in my own kitchen and not really sure what to do. And to be honest, I didn't really trust myself to like cook meat properly. So I was just like, you know what, let's go vegetarian and see what happens. And I sort of was like, I'll do it for a month and then reassess. Um, And I never ate meat again. So (laughs) the experiment went well, you could say. Um, And then shortly thereafter, I studied abroad in Spain for six months and I stayed vegetarian, um, but definitely gained some weight as one does when studying abroad in Europe, just Mm -hmm. drinking and late night eating and all the bread and olive oil and just, um, yeah, all that good stuff. Um, So I came home and was like 20 pounds heavier than I normally was. And I was like, I'll go vegan. It'll help me lose weight. So my original reasons for going vegan were like, yeah, weight loss and health, really. I, I didn't really make any connection to like the animals necessarily or the environment. It was purely just out of interest in losing weight. And I did. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but then I went back to vegetarian for a little bit, um, lived abroad in China, gained weight again after I graduated, went vegan to lose weight so it was all this sort of like flip-flopping back and forth um and then when I came back from China that was when I pretty much stuck to vegetarian with like some eggs here and there um and then around five years ago I just cut everything out completely and went vegan um hardcore and still am and that's sort of yeah just like the the long story short (laughs) of the of the vegan journey what do you think made you like like between going back and forth and now you've been in this place where you've been vegan for like a whole five years what do you think has like been the difference in you like going back and forth versus sticking with it has like anything really got you more to stick with it now or how did that work um I think well, truth be told, I found out I did like a um, uh, a panel allergy test because I was having all of these like gastrointestinal issues and I was eating a really healthy diet and I was like, but I'm bloated 24-7. Like I, I just didn't understand what was happening. So I went and saw a, ho- a holistic nutritionist um, and they did an allergy test for me and eggs were coming back as like a high allergen. Um, along with dairy, which I already knew. So I was eating eggs probably every day, sometimes twice a day in meals. And um, along with like a few other fruit and veg, you know, that are like high fructose. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just decided that I didn't want to feel shitty anymore and feel constantly bloated. So I was like, you know, what? I'll cut them out. And, and that'll be that. And I just I felt so much better. Um, And that's, probably what got me to stick to it for sure and then you know over the last five years I've really just educated myself on veganism and watched all of the documentaries there are to watch and really just it's of course like I'm vegan for health but it's become less of a forefront for me it's definitely more about you know animals and the environment and and living like a cruelty-free life and it goes beyond the plate for me as well like 
vegan food is just one small section of being vegan. Yeah, I feel like I hear that from like so many people who actually who decide to like stick with it. It's like maybe health is like one of the first things that gets them interested, but a lot of times I feel like that's not enough to actually keep you on board because like food tastes so good. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it seems like once you really start learning about everything and really educating yourself, that's kind of when it starts to really stick. That's how definitely, it was definitely. Yeah. I just, I don't see, like, I don't look at animal products and think that that's food anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't, I don't see yeah. me and dairy and eggs as, as food. And that's just been the perspective shift that has sort of evolved over the years. Yeah, well, you definitely are someone who, like, like. I think a, one issue that people have a lot is the change in cooking because meat and dairy is a lot of, you know, like, a standard American diet and diets all around the world, really. But your food, oh, my gosh, I wish this was, like, <laughs> I wish I could, like, Put a little picture somewhere where everybody could see it but everybody will just have to go look at your instagram because your food always looks so good so good oh, and thanks. i really want to eat some of it one day so i was going to ask <laughs> you for to give like if if someone's wanting to incorporate more plant-based meals into their diet or maybe start the shift or just play around with it what are some of your like go-to tips for someone who's trying to eat more plant-based like how how would you suggest that they they what should they incorporate into their cooking what are some good ideas for them and yeah what are are some good tips okay top tips I would say definitely I mean Pinterest and Instagram honestly like if you're a visual person being able to look at photos and seeing what sort of ingredients are mainly used in plant-based cooking and and cookbooks as well like there's no shame in using cookbooks I still use them sometimes just to get some inspiration and especially for baking um, I use cookbooks but yeah I, I think just doing your research and it's something that you have to be really committed to I, I think a lot of people are like yeah I'd love to go vegan but like I just don't have the time or don't feel like doing the research, which kind of sucks. But like, I can, I can understand, you know, people are really busy. And if you don't have the time to commit to really learning about this new lifestyle, then, then I I think it would be a lot more challenging for people. So if you really are wanting to go vegan or plant-based or whatever, then you have to commit some time to research and also meal planning and it doesn't have to be you know this whole you know intense process to meal plan I literally just like write down in my journal what I'm gonna have for breakfast lunch and dinner every day and then I make um, a grocery list based on that so that I'm only really buying what I need for that week and I'm not overbuying, overspending um, and and that really could take 10 minutes of your day is, is to plan. And I always say that failing to plan is, or planning to fail is, is failing to plan. And it's just, yeah, I think, you know, if you have those extra 10 or 15 minutes to just sit down and really think about it, then you're going to be a lot more successful in, in the transition. I 100% agree. I'm definitely a big planner like what I'm cooking too so yeah great tips awesome and the internet is an amazing place just saying there's everything you ever need to know basically yeah um yeah 100% agree so I want to kind of dive into your your knowledge about nutrition and all of that but first I was wondering if you would tell us a little bit about your certification like what that was like what all you kind of learned and all of that. I know that Cornell does a lot, a lot of research on like plant-based diets and health and all of that. Um, I'm forgetting the 
the man's name, the doctor who T. Colin Campbell has yes. the okay. the center at, oh, yeah. at Cornell. Yeah. That. Oh, so um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> such a delay on this on this thing <laughs> happens when you're in two different hemispheres on different sides <laughs> of the world. Um. Yeah. So the the plant based. Um, nutrition certification. Let me start by saying I'm not a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't certify you as a nutritionist or a dietitian. That's like, you know, solid four years of, of school. Um, this is really just sort of a crash course in, in specifically plant-based nutrition. And it's a six-week online course, and it's divided into three courses over two weeks. So each course is two weeks long. Um, and let me see if I can remember the order. The The first course was more like um, food and policy and how, um, you know, the government controls food in certain aspects like school lunches and that type of um, that type of thing or like welfare and food stamps. And then the second course more dove into um, disease and disease reversal and prevention and, and intervention. And then the third course was pretty much how to apply all of this knowledge to your own life. So if you're not already plant-based, different, you know, ways to go plant-based. And they had like some recipe videos and stuff like that. Um, so I found it to be really informative. There are definitely some some things that I didn't know. And especially about food and policy, that, that stuff is honestly pretty terrifying. Um, how much control the government really does have over food and food programs. Um, and then in terms of nutrition, like I sort of knew the basics, but the, the course really helped to, to break that down and, you know, macros and um, how much protein you should actually be getting and, you know, all the misconceptions about protein and um, that people think that you need all of this protein in order to be healthy, but you know, sort of debunking some of those myths that, again, the government has mm-hmm. sort of propagandized <laughs> to us to believe that, you know, we need cow's milk to grow big and strong and whatever. And it's actually like, wait a minute, let's like sit down and, and break that down for a second. So um, yeah, really interesting course. If you're not vegan, I would suggest it. If you are vegan, I would suggest it. Um, even if, you know, you're not somebody involved in food it's just a really good investment in in some knowledge that's awesome okay yeah and you definitely like touched on some stuff that I want to dive into deeper so let's first talk about the nutrition stuff and then we'll get into like the heavier government stuff which will be really fun (laughs) um yeah I think like the classic question that everyone gets is like I literally wrote in my notes the dreaded protein question because that's yeah that's that's one of the questions it's like such a like what's the word I'm looking for it's like almost a cliche at this point like how Mm -hmm. often vegans get asked about protein and it's like I literally just don't think about it so yeah you tell yeah you tell your thoughts (laughs) on do you get enough protein girl I think so. I mean, I don't really understand why people are so concerned, to be honest. It's like, what does my protein count like have to do with your life? You know, <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, that's definitely something that like my parents and grandparents, for example, when I first went vegan, you know, they're like, got to make sure you're getting enough protein. And it's like, well, I'm not really a bodybuilder. So, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't actually need that much. And yeah, so the misconception is that you need all of this protein in order to be healthy. But in fact, too much protein can cause a lot of um, illnesses and disease and bone degeneration and, and all of this stuff where if you're padding on the protein, especially animal based protein, which is, you know, pretty much just saturated fat, then yeah, it, it, it in turn is not really going to serve you in, in terms of longevity and, and health over the long term. And I, I really think that, um, I, I can't remember the conversion exactly, but you know, it's like, 
for every pound, it's like 0.4 pounds of protein, something like that. I don't know know what that is in kilograms. One, like whenever I was first looking into it and all of that, I found like, you know, I looked at several different sources about like how much protein you really need for your like specific, um, like how active you are, your age, your like your height and all of that and mine was like 55 grams which if I'm eating enough quantity and enough variety I easily hit that easily easily and and people and like you know it's easy right and um and and people don't think that you can get protein from plant sources is is the issue you know um people think that protein really only comes from animal-based sources and that's it's just not true so it's people just not understanding that you can get enough protein from a plant source it's just I mean I you know I ate meat once too and I had that understanding that like I got my protein from from meat so it's just it's just coming from a place of not knowing and not being educated about plant protein sources but you can live a very healthy and very long life on a vegan diet and have plenty of protein mm-hmm. I think there's vegan bodybuilders yeah. so yeah. It, it can be done yeah I mean there's like really really incredible successful like bodybuilders athletes iron men and women like yeah, yeah plenty are- of athletes are are vegan or are going vegan because they are learning that, you know, it, it helps them feel lighter, more agile. And, um, yeah, I think like Tom Brady is vegan and, and Giselle Bunchton and, um, there's a couple of basketball players that are vegan as well. And I think that's so amazing that these people have really high profile and probably like a, a large social media following, for example, Um, you know, I hope that they use their platform to sort of spread that message that, you know, you can be healthy in this like really successful athlete, if that's what you are and and what you're looking to be, and you can be vegan and it's not any weaker of a lifestyle or any less, you know, manly or whatever of lifestyle. And, um, you can still, you know, build muscle and stuff by eating chickpeas. I think another thing that maybe some people have concerns about is like um, about like eating too many carbs or things like that. Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? Um, So I would say that uh, if you're eating a whole food plant based diet, which means like no processed foods um, and all your food comes from plant sources, um, I think that whole food plant-based diet is a naturally sort of high carb, low fat diet. Um, You know, there's less plant sources that have fat besides from, you know, like avocado, nuts and seeds and, you know, nut butters and that sort of thing. Um, But I definitely, you know, eat a fairly high carb diet. And the, the misconception about carbohydrate is that, you know, they're going to make you fat, but that's because, you know, you might be getting your carbohydrate source from like hamburger buns or, you know, mm-hmm. um, massive sandwiches or, you know, big portions of pasta and that sort of stuff. Um, but if you're getting your carbohydrate from fruit, which is, you know, bananas are very high in carbohydrate and natural carbs um, or, you know, whole grain toast or, or whole grain pasta and not eating, you know, these like massive Western diet portion sizes, then you're not going to gain the weight that you think you are. It's it's because the standard American diet has, you know, just these massive portions of, you know, huge sandwiches and whatnot. And that's, you know, where the, the carbohydrate scare comes from, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, total sense. Makes total sense. Okay, so let's like, backtrack a little bit you mentioned that a lot of these misconceptions about needing so much like animal protein and all of that and dairy which we didn't you know back in back in the day we didn't used to eat as much 
as much animal meat and stuff as we have been in more recent years. So can you kind of touch on how all of that started and like the motivation behind that and how it's affected our food today? Yeah, so I think, you know, commercials and and ads are very powerful things, especially um, when they're geared towards children. Um, And, you know, our our parents grew up a certain way and our grandparents grew up a certain way, believing certain things and being taught certain things. Um, And, you know, it just sort of gets passed down from generation to generation. And I think that, you know, our generation and a little bit younger, so maybe like the 16-year-olds to maybe the 30-year-olds are um, finally beginning to, to challenge um, these ideas that have been around for, you know, the last however many years. Um, and I think doctors as well are starting to understand that, okay, we're human beings and we're the only species that drinks another mammal's milk maybe we need to reevaluate what that really means. And um, yeah, I think, I think for a lot of people, like when, you know, I first meet them or they're sort of thinking about going vegan, like I just make them sit down and like think about cow's milk for a second. Mm -hmm. And it's just like cows, female cows produce milk in order to feed baby cows to grow into big cows, okay? And humans, female humans, produce breast milk to feed human babies to grow into big humans. So why are why are humans taking the baby cow's milk? Like, we're not trying to grow into big cows, right? Like, it, it seems like such a simple and sort of, like, cheesy concept, but it's, like... Like, that's that's exactly what it is. Like, we're not supposed to be drinking this milk from another mammal where they have different hormones, they have different cells, they have different, um, you know, neurons. They have all these different things. How How is that supposed to make us healthy human beings? So, but, you know, those got milk commercials have been around for however long and it's just drilled into your brain brain that you need to drink milk in order to be healthy and grow strong bones and have enough calcium and all of that um but yeah I feel like now that concept is really starting to change and really starting to be challenged which mm-hmm. is kind of exciting yeah I mean like even I've just been vegan for three years and even in that three years I've seen huge shifts in like what is being offered in grocery stores and you know, even talking to people, people just seem to be more open to the idea of it. I live in yeah. a really small town. When I when I first went vegan, I literally knew one other vegan in real life. And like, yeah, it just, it seems like it's getting more and more normal. Um, I know that every year, like, I'll see something like searches for it in Google or whatever, increase like some crazy percentage which is yeah it's really cool that more people are becoming at least like aware and I know that like with my family my mom is basically like almost vegan now and my my brother and my dad are they're like they like get it now you know what I mean they're like oh yeah it makes sense (laughs) that's awesome Yeah. yeah and it's so cool to see that shift in other people and like you don't necessarily have to you know bang down their door with all of this information it's like you just live your life as a vegan as you are cooking your food and being healthy and being active and vibrant and, and energized and they'll see that and and pick up on that and you know it's not that you've told them all of this information and and fed them all of you know these opinions but it's like you just you just live, you are, you be, and they'll they'll catch on to that and and you know see how much you're thriving, and they're like, hey, maybe I should start picking up some of those habits to feel good too. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to talk about because a lot of times it seems like there's this misconception that 
vegans can be like judgmental and angry and forceful and all of that. Like, yeah, I feel like I, I've heard that a decent amount. Um, I'll tell, like, let me tell a story really quickly. That's just, it's so funny yeah. to me. There's, there was this man who I worked with a couple years ago and we had worked together for like a year or two and I had been vegan like the whole time but just never had a reason to like tell him and it came up one day and he was like you're you're a vegan and I was like "Uh uh-huh yep I am and he was like you don't seem like a vegan and I was like what do you mean he was like vegans are so like they're just so loud about it and they want everyone else to be a vegan. And I was like, well, how many vegans do you know? And he was like, I guess just you. <laughs> that, happened. that happened. Yeah. But what do you think about yeah. that? What are your thoughts? My thoughts. Look, I, I, mm, there are definitely those vegans Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's that's a wrong misconception necessarily there are definitely vegans that are are very in your face about it and you know they're the ones who are on the front lines with the activism so that's that's the conception that people get of vegans is that you know we're all these like you know fighting for a cause and like super in your face about all of this information about slaughterhouses and stuff like that and and those vegans do exist and and sometimes I have to thank them because they are the ones that are getting policies changed right. and, and stuff. Um, but I, I think that there's definitely a better way to go about it in terms of, you know, just sort of in your daily life. I think if you meet a vegan more often than not, they're not really going to push their opinion down your throat. Um, me personally, if you ask me about it, I'll speak to you about it, but I'm not you know going to be like hey how's it going nice to meet you I'm I'm a vegan you know it's not like the first thing that (laughs) comes to mind when I introduce myself to someone um yeah so I I can definitely understand where that idea comes from that that vegans are you know quite aggressive but you know what non-vegans are very aggressive as well I find that people who aren't vegan tend to have the most opinions about veganism right if if you if that makes sense and it's it's like I'm just sitting here like you know I'm you're the one who's spewing about you know protein and me and how we all need animals to survive and and all of that and it's like okay like you can just sit there and talk that's fine um yeah like I feel like there's always a non-vegan that has an opinion about your veganism like asking you know well how do you get your protein that that sort of thing and I'm not saying that's every non-vegan but there's definitely a population of of those people as well I think it just comes from a lack of understanding from both sides you know every not every vegan was at some point not vegan unless you were raised vegan from birth and that's fairly rare I think um so it comes from um on the vegan side, being compassionate for non-vegans because we were in that position at, at one point in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And then it comes from the non-vegan side, having compassion for the vegans, understanding that this lifestyle is 100% about love and kindness and compassion and and freedom from cruelty. And, you know, people think that I don't know, vegans are all these like grass eating and cow hugging and, you know, whatever people, but it's, yeah, it just comes from a lack of understanding from both sides. And there just, there just needs to be more sort of construction, constructive conversation on both ends so that, you know, both like, it shouldn't be two sided. It should just be like, everybody lives in harmony and we have understanding and empathy for both sides. That is so good. And I love what you said, too, about, like, because I do, like, I think that there's a time and a place for everything. And, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, with, like, social change and and environmental justice, like, sometimes voices do need to be loud to be heard, and that is 100% okay. That doesn't mean, like, 
like sometimes people have a right to be upset and that's okay but and that's no reason to like judge someone either you know what I mean like but it's also like you can't just like put everybody in in the same basket because you hear about like one person on the news who like threw paint on someone or something you know what I mean I mean it's the same thing with any sort of group who wants change it's just about open listening and yeah aiming to understand so yeah I 100% agree hey you all I just wanted to pop in really fast and thank one of our sponsors Blue Ridge Hemp who makes ethically and sustainably sourced CBD products I've been using Blue Ridge Hemp products for over a year now, and I absolutely love them. Recently, I took my dad to the store in Asheville, North Carolina. He has a lot of joint pain from arthritis and past injuries, and he's an old school kind of guy and declared himself to be a CBD non-believer when we went in the store. However, they had some samples about, and I had him try on the joint salve, and after a few minutes, he was so surprised and completely amazed that his pain was easing up and going away. He actually bought three tubs of the salve, and he uses it every single day and absolutely raves about it. My favorite product right now is the spiced coconut oil. It has turmeric and cardamom and other good stuff in it and I added it to my matcha latte every single morning and I 100% feel that it helps me feel calm and relaxed. I love everything this company stands for. They're ethical, they're sustainable. You can really tell when you go into the store and go onto their website that they put a lot of love into all of their products. I also Love that they offer reduced price assistance to make healthcare more accessible, which is something that I really, really strongly believe in and that I offer with my own resources. So if you want to learn more about the benefits of CBD or check out Blue Ridge Hemp's wide variety of products, head over to their website. Use the code MELMOF, M-E-L-M-O-F, for 10% off your order. The code and a link to their website is down below in the show notes. Yeah, so, like, another thing that I think is important to discuss is how sometimes this lifestyle and this diet isn't necessarily accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, like, some people really just don't have as much access to to a variety of food as other people. And I was wondering about your thoughts on that and about making a difference and kind of, I I view veganism like on a sliding scale sometimes and how you can still, you can still make a difference without having to go completely all the way. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I think th- I think this is another misconception about veganism is that it's not accessible to everyone. And um I I think that, you know, you and I are very lucky to come from places where we have access to, you know, fresh produce and and stuff like that. And I I understand that, you know, not everyone in the world has access to that sort of thing. Um but I think you know, a, a misconception about veganism is that it's a very expensive diet um, or or expensive way of life. And I don't find that to be true at all. It's only expensive, really, if you're buying all of like the fake, you know, processed cheese and like fake meat and stuff like that. That's that stuff can be very expensive. But hey, a bag of potatoes is like three bucks and that'll last you like, you know, two weeks. Um, so yeah, I think, um, you know, people have this idea that veganism is uh, a lifestyle for wealthy people and privileged people and, you know, who have the time to cook and, you know, don't necessarily need to like eat on the road for convenience or, you know, whatever. Um, maybe that's that's your, your lifestyle and your career. My boyfriend, for example, you know, drives in a van most of his days going from appointments to appointments and often has to eat on the road. So, 
um, you know, healthy vegan food isn't necessarily an option, you know, quick grab and go, which sucks. And I hope that that, you know, changes um, soon. There needs to be more, you know, quick, quick, healthy options. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, in some places, a vegan diet might not be accessible. Um, you know, for example, I, I don't know how broad necessarily you want to go, but like in third world countries, for example, where, you know, maybe they don't have a climate that can grow fresh produce and they rely on animal protein for food source. Um, that, that I think is different that, you know, if they're eating the food that's provided on their land, if, if that's animal, then to me, that's still sustainable. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's like a fine line for some people, but, um, you know, I think, I think that's sustainable and they're, they're using what they have, but if, you know, you're kind of like us where you're just like, you know, chill American and, you know, you live in, in a nice place and you have access to grocery stores, then I think a vegan diet is, is incredibly accessible. Mm -hmm. It's just, it goes back to taking the time to research and plan and, um, that will, help alleviate any sort of overwhelming feeling yeah I definitely agree I think it it depends on a lot of things like where you live if you have you know even in the United States some places people just don't have access to like good grocery stores like that really that really does exist yeah and and there's a difference between like in the United States when you're eating a steak or whatever the process to get that steak the resources that were used the land the waste that's created the packaging even the meat itself is going to be so different and how the animal is treated is going to be so 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 different than a family living somewhere who knows where it could be in the united states could be somewhere else yeah and they have a goat in their backyard that they've raised to you know, it's full lifespan and yeah. And then they use the entire animal. It's just, and they thank it. You know what I mean? Like they, all of that. And I think that's like, those are night and day. Those two scenarios completely night and day. Yeah. So it's just, I think that's another thing that's like important to just to have an open mind about everything and personal preference as well and it's about yeah what are you comfortable with do you feel like you're making a contribution to your health to the earth and to the animals themselves it's about doing your research and finding what works for you yeah yeah and I think it just starts with that sort of shift mentally that you can make a difference. Like, I think a lot of people just think like, oh, well, I'm just one person, you know, like by, by me reducing my meat and dairy intake, like it's, it's really not gonna contribute that much to like the environment or, you know, whatever. But if every single person (laughs) had that shift, or even just a few had that shift, like it's, it's a ridiculous amount of like water that gets saved, um, fossil fuels that get saved, like um, greenhouse gases and, and all of this stuff. Uh, there's so many calculations that have been done and like cowspiracy, on Cowspiracy, for example, they go through like, you know, one single vegan is able to save this much of, of water and, you know, et cetera. And it really is mind boggling. It's mind blowing how, you know, by eating just like a meatless Monday, for example, can really make an adjustment. And it and it's just a domino effect, you know, one one person in one family starts doing it and then the next family member does it and then maybe the next one and then maybe their friends yeah. and then their friend and yeah. then their teacher and it it just it spirals. And then there's like this massive global shift. And I, I really hope that we see that happen because that will be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's already starting. Yeah. I think even from when I first went veg eight years ago until now, the the shift is is amazing. Like it's 
it's really amazing. Just the amount of, um, you know, vegan products or um, vegan options and restaurants and documentaries and, um, you know, all of this information that's coming out, it, it really, it is amazing. Like, I honestly don't even remember eight years ago having, like, vegan cheese in Whole Foods. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't think it was a thing. And now there's like hundreds of products. It's so cool. I know. It's so cool. I know. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. I think like one of the biggest things for me and something you just brought up was realizing how big of an impact the food we are eating has on the environment. And it makes so much sense when you think about it because Like, if you're eating a cow, it's going to need a lot more land than if you are just eating, like, you know, different fruits and vegetables and grains. Because that that cow is eating so much more than you are, and it requires so much more land to to be on and all of that. And, And then, like, transporting it, processing it. Um, packaging it it just makes a lot of sense and I think when you really start doing your research yeah it just it's like mind-blowing yeah and people can can grow their own food like if you have land for a garden to be able to grow some of your own food like everyone can plant some tomatoes and like herbs and kale and you know whatever and and then it starts to turn into like this more sustainable world and we're not you know deforesting land and we're not you know shaving down land for for um you know livestock anymore so it yeah it just um there's stuff that people can do just you have to want to learn that information I guess it come it comes from within Mm -hmm. first yeah I think educating yourself is like it's the biggest thing you can do if you're interested and you want to be motivated it's like the biggest thing you can do okay yeah I feel like the environmental aspect is almost more what I try to um I don't want to say like sell people on veganism but (laughs) like if if I get into a conversation with somebody about about it um I feel like I go less towards the health route and more towards the environmental route because I think a lot of people have you know a lot of personal feelings towards their own health which is completely understandable um and I would never want somebody to feel like I'm attacking their lifestyle choices or judging their health or you know making them feel bad about their health but when it comes to a more global perspective and environmental perspective I feel like people are slightly more tuned in to what I'm saying if that makes sense because it's it's more on like a global scale like it it's not attacking them personally but it's like you know, if you make these really simple choices, you know, once a day, then it's going to have this massive effect on our environment. And it's like, you know, a few months ago, they gave us what it's like 12 years or something that we have to like reduce the Earth's climate back to a, a, a safe temperature. And that I think was a lot of information for a lot of people and hopefully a really good jumping off point um, for people to make you know, a bit more of a shift in reducing meat and trying to use less single-use plastic and, um, you know, that that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I feel like the environmental component is really, really key in, um, in understanding sort of what veganism is about. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about because we need to go here is <laughs> just like I mean there's there's the three components there's health we've talked about that there's environment we've talked about that and then there's the animals themselves so oh the animals I know so yeah let's talk about it just let's go there let's go there 
<laughs> oh, what do you want to know? Well, I think this is probably the place where people get the most uncomfortable speaking about it because there's yep. so many different opinions. Um, like, whenever I explain to people, this is the part that, like, people don't really want to talk about. Like, they're interested yeah, in, like, ignorance is bliss stuff, when it like, comes oh, to animal cruelty. The environment? And then they're like, oh, but the animals. Like, I grew up yeah. um, in a rural area. And even where I live now, like, I can look out my window and see cows. And when I was a little girl, I used to just, like you know, go to the edge of the property and be like, hey, Mr. Cow. And like, you know, they're just like, and I've always been. <laughs> what a country really girl. I know. <laughs> and I still remember <laughs> that and I'm 26. Hey, Mr. Cow. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, I've always been super close to animals. I've always had dogs and cats and, you know, we've had like, chickens in our backyard and stuff and and goats we've had goats we had a pig for a little while um yeah but like wow what a crew I know yeah it's I had a fun childhood but (laughs) anyway um yeah I I never made that connection until I saw video footage of like animals dying and I was like holy shit wow oh my gosh like obviously that's what happens but I think I think the connection was maybe easy for me because I've I've been so close to animals Mm -hmm. it was like Mr. Cow Mr. Cow you know (laughs) and yeah and it's like I, I see that they have personalities and they have feelings and they have souls. Yep. I see yep. that with my, my dog, you know, who is a character he's, and he's so filled with love and I would never want yeah. anything ever, ever, ever to happen to him. And it's like, I feel the same way about all the little creatures of the earth, you know? Ugh. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't equate, you know, cats and dogs with cows and pigs. I think there's a massive disconnect there that, you know, people allow cats and dogs into their families. You know, these they become family members, but they don't see cows, pigs and chickens and lambs and goats or whatever as having the same value. Mm-hmm of life Mm -hmm. than their cats and dogs um and I'll be the first to say that you know I didn't make that connection either I grew up with both I had a cat and a dog and we have two cats now and you know I there was meat on my plate every night and I I didn't think I wasn't like oh man I love my dog so much but how come I don't have that same Mm -hmm. compassion for this chicken on my plate you know? So, um, again, I think it's, you know, just how we grow up that having a cat and a dog or what, or, you know, fish or whatever is like a normal thing. And then it's also normal for us to eat other animals. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just that making the connection that all animals have equal value on the earth and that, um, you know, cows are some of the most sentient, beings like mothers know and babies know when they're being separated from each other and they're in mourning like there there are videos on the internet of babies and mother cows being separated for the mother to go be impregnated again to produce more milk and the baby going off to slaughter and you can hear the pain and the agony and the it's it is honestly heartbreaking and and people just people just don't want to see that which i can totally understand it is it is awful mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people choose to remain sort of blind and and ignorant to animal cruelty because they like the taste of meat too much mm-hmm. 
and they want to keep eating meat. So they don't look at that stuff because they, they almost don't want to make the connection. And I, I don't want to generalize. That's not everybody. But from my experience in talking to other people, they're like, yeah, I, I can't watch that stuff. And I'm like, well, why not? And they're like, well, it's just too much. And I'm like, well, you know, elaborate. And they're like, well, I still want to eat meat. Yeah. And if I watch that, I won't be able to. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, that was so, one of the yeah. things I did when I was transitioning and I was like, okay, I want to be serious about that. I, I don't really seek out those videos anymore, but when I was transitioning and I was like, I want to be able to stick with this because it was hard for me sometimes. Temptation is real. Yeah. Like dairy's totally. So I would watch those videos and freaking feel it. You know what I mean? Like cry, yeah. look at my dog. And like, yeah, and it changed me. And it's like, it's kind of like that thing yeah. where once you realize something, once you learn about something, once you really internalize it and you accept it and see the truth, the world for how it is, it's the same thing with like, with so, so many, you know, huge topics in our world for things that need to change. Like once you realize what's going on, it's like, can't go back <laughs> you know I mean yeah some it, do. you definitely cannot like, unsee that stuff you really can't I think um I don't know if you've seen earthlings yeah. but that was oh, like the the one for me that really you know yeah. put put it together and I barely made it through the whole I thing know. I was really struggling to make it through um but yeah that's definitely one that I'll suggest to people if they're like sort of on the cusp and they like need that last little push yeah. to go vegan I'm like watch earthlings that will push you over the edge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much with emotion um I think I saw I saw like a meme the other day that was something like um you know someone doesn't eat meat and they're called an, an extremist and then someone um you know does eat meat and that's considered or someone doesn't kill animals for food that's an extremist someone that does kill animals for food that's normal and it I just was like yeah how is that how how did it happen like that I mean I understand you know dating back to cavemen times right like you know they they hunted um you know animals to survive and like that's one thing you know I'm not going to judge the cavemen for that (laughs) but (laughs) But like we don't need to hunt hunt in order to gather anymore. We don't have to do that. We have so many other food sources. So it's it's just making yeah, making that new step in evolution. Yep. Agreed. Agreed, man. Well. Mm-hmm. We'll uh <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up. Can we like think of something nicer to end on than animal cruelty? <laughs> I mean, like, it's important stuff to talk about. Like, I feel like it is. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's so good to like, focus on the beauty of the world and like, you know, like bright, happy, sunshiny stuff. But also like, sometimes you have to talk about the things that are hard. And like, in a way, now that I've been, been like, spending my energy becoming more aware, and trying to educate myself on things like it's made me a better person not just and I'm not just talking about veganism I'm trying to learn more about like social justice because I've lived in a privileged bubble for forever you know what I mean like like that stuff's important to talk about so like this stuff is important even though it can be heavy but it doesn't have to be heavy all the time like like I barely think about like my veganism anymore you know what I mean like it's just like part of who I am now like when I cook I don't have to think about it when I go out to eat I don't have to think about it and you know I talk about it online I'll like it'll come up people ask me questions and I'm like oh yeah here's my thoughts but it doesn't have to be like this big heavy thing all the time you know it's a good thing it's a good thing we're yeah we're yeah I think definitely having um you know, open dialogue is really important. And people just need to remember that veganism is found on the principles of compassion and kindness and 
non-judgment and empathy for all beings and like that's such a nice way to live isn't it like I don't I have a really hard time understanding sometimes when vegans get attacked for their choices because it's like well I'm just trying to be a nice person and live a nice lifestyle and I always say like I want my body to be a garden not a graveyard yeah and I think yeah people just yeah like we said before open dialogue open conversation and just and having understanding from from both sides of the coin yes 100% okay well Eliza thank you so much this has been so fun oh my gosh I've just loved every bit of it. And yay! I'm, I'm excited for all the episodes to come out. Yay! Yeah, well, thank you so much for being my my little guinea pig with, with this. It's been really, of course. really fun. And I just want to tell everybody that I'm going to put, like, your website and your Instagram and everything linked in the show notes. So if you want to see some incredible, incredible, incredible food, go check out her Instagram. I'm telling you, it's amazing. You'll see me commenting on, like, every single picture with, like, a mm, or, like, give me, or, like, a coming over or something like that, like, literally all the time because it looks so good. So, oh my yeah, she's You're definitely the great inspiration for cooking. She also has, like, recipes. You have recipes on your website, right? Some recipes? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a blog. Mm-hmm. And, like... She also has some services available. If you are interested in those, check them out. But yeah, thank you so much. It's been really fun to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course.